I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of The Gibson Review. This episode is our film faves episode once again, where we count down our favorite movies around a particular topic. Film phase was inspired originally by a feature that was on the blog, wherein we count down our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. As I mentioned, the idea is to give you an idea of our taste in movies, but also hopefully to expose you to some titles you may not have heard of, or where you can find titles you have heard of that you just have not seen yet. To that end, we will actually let you know when a movie is available on a streaming service. More often than not, movies are not actually available on a streaming service. You have to rent them on things like Apple TV or Amazon, but if they are on the any of the following services, we will let you know. Those services are Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, HBO Now, and Disney Plus. If a film is on any of those services, we'll let you know. Otherwise, hopefully you can rent it somewhere. Okay, so for this episode, the topic is breakup movies. Something we haven't done before. We've done romance movies. We've done romance movies of the decade. We've done favorite love stories. We've done rom-coms. Now, a little bit different for Valentine's Day, the breakup movie. So what we decided to do for this topic was was focus on movies that either are about a breakup or a breakup is what propels the plot of the story even if it's not actually about the breakup the rest of the time the rest of the story would not happen had it not been for a breakup makes sense all right so shanna why don't you talk about your experience with Making this list, was there, uh, like for me, was there more breakup movies out there than you thought? Or or what was your experience? So when I thought about breakup movies, all I could think of was The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston. And who was it? I believe it was Vince Vaughn. Oh, Vince Vaughn? Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. And that was the first one I'd, you know, consciously watched oh. and realized, like, Oh, people don't always end up together. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, that was like my first one. Wow. Uh, it didn't make my list, which is why I'm mentioning it. So I thought that was the only one that existed. And then we started researching and there were a lot of other ones that were really fun mm. that did make the list. So there's fun to wacky to sad uh. to kind of heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, so there's a bit of a variety in there. And I just I find this very interesting because it is something that everyone inevitably goes through in some way Mm. whether it's age 13 or 33 so i think it's great that there's so much out there that we can look at yeah for me it was a lot of movies you know maybe a few actually a few movies i liked but didn't love and there was a, a, a few movies i loved right and so it was actually a little bit challenging to make a full list of 12 movies that were actually my favorites that I, I love, but I was able to get like most of the way there. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the list. Speaking of lists, back in 2019, 
we made a, a list of our favorite movies of all time, which obviously would be at the top of every single list, every single topic that they would any of them would apply to. So they're banned from any future list. Did you have any breakup movies that you needed to take into consideration and, and avoid? Actually, I did not, but w- one of the movies on my list is from your top 12. Ah, well. So you, it's okay. You, you stole my thunder. I was going to say there was one online uh. <laughs> that I could not include. So I'm glad you didn't have that trouble. Okay, well, unless there's anything else, shall we get started? Yeah. My number 12 is available on HBO. The War of the Roses from 1989, starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, Danny DeVito, uh, and like a young Sean Astin. Yes, right. So that was pretty fun to see. Anyway, uh, I'm finding that my voice is a little squeaky. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) This is a very weird movie. It's, it's, It's just like the worst divorce that could ever happen. Mm. And what that could look like if you don't just learn to let it go. Mm. Uh, A married couple tries everything to drive each other out of the house in a vicious (laughs) divorce battle. Yes. (laughs) What I liked about it is it does take you through the timeline of their marriage and they're getting divorced when their kids are about to go to college. So it's very interesting to see, you know, no, now I'm done. Yeah, very dark, dark movie. Yeah. My 12th favorite is it definitely falls under the like I don't love. Uh, it's a, it's a, one of the only times that a number 12 spot has been kind of a filler spot for me. And that is 1998 Sliding Doors, available on HBO Max. Uh, we I saw it for the first time. I don't know if you've seen it before, but I saw it for the first time in prep for this list. It is the Gwyneth Paltrow movie where you experience two different realities. One reality where she catches her boyfriend cheating and another reality where she just misses catching her boyfriend cheating. She comes, I don't know, half an hour or so later. And and what would those two life paths look like? And I think the movie's fine. Gwyneth Paltrow's pretty much the only notable name in the cast. It's a movie that I hear referenced a lot because of its its two different life path, n- the nature of the story, you know. Mm. And I, I, you know, I will admit, I don't think I've seen very many movies since do that kind of. That, that kind of story it reminds idea. me of um, Butterfly Effect is kind of a chaotic version of Sliding Doors Sliding Doors is at least more succinct with their story mm. and they're just breaking into two I see and I haven't seen Butterfly Effect because it has a terrible reputation as being really dumb yes <laughs> so you concur Sliding Doors isn't isn't necessarily dumb it's just it just isn't exceptional in its direction and storytelling if, if I if I may you know, but it is, it's fine. I like it. It's fine. And it's an early Gwyneth Paltrow movie. This is, of course, actually after her Oscar wins for Shakespeare in Love. Not a breakup movie, but a really excellent, excellent rom-com. Uh, but you can check Sliding Doors from 1998 on HBO Max. My next one is not available to stream, but worth a rent. 
It's from 2003, Under the Tuscan Sun. I watched this when it came out, and I I preferred this version of a breakup movie uh, when yeah. I was younger. It's about a writer impulsively buying a villa in Tuscany uh, to radically change her life. So before the eat, pray, love thing. That stars Diane Lane, Sandra O, oh, Lindsay Duncan, and you see Kate Walsh for a little bit which is kind of nice to have those two mm. uh, Grey's Anatomy characters mm. bef- before Grey's Anatomy, oh, maybe? definitely. I, I can't really keep the timeline straight. Anyway, it's a really great movie. Uh, she, Diane Lane is dealing with a lot and a variety of issues, and she also gets to like see love blooming at a young age with another couple. And, mm-hmm. you know, she it's just fun how she's watching love and how she's dealing with people who are attracted to her. And then Sandra Oh has her own thing, and I, I quite enjoyed her in that. I think that was my first Sandra Oh movie. So hmm. when I saw her in Grey's, I was like, oh, yay, <laughs> more Sandra Oh. Very good. My number 11 is not as bright and cheery as these movies that we've talked about so far. It is from 2010. It is Blue Valentine. Mm-hmm. stars Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. And you get to watch these two fall in love and the deterioration of their relationship and their marriage. And both of them, Gosling and Williams, give excellent performances. But I I dare say that Williams, Michelle Williams, does give a stronger performance than Gosling. As 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 extremely talented as Ryan Gosling is, as as varied and diverse as he is in his performances in his career. I've seen him more than once be paired with an actress and that actress just like outperforming him. And like, they're not necessarily on the same level. Like she's always a a level above him, you know? And that's definitely the case here with Michelle Williams. And, and, And not that Ryan Gosling is in any way a slouch in the film because he does give a really interesting and transformative performance where you see the guy a one way early in the relationship and then you see him later on and he's balding and all these things he's just he's just an absolute mess and and things get really ugly in between them so this can be a a bit of a heavy film a little bit of a difficult watch this is uh one that some people would feel they'd have to be in the mood for but and it's certainly not a movie i've watched a lot over the past 12 years since it came out but it is certainly one i admired for sure, as one of the best movies of 2010. So that's mm. Blue Valentine, an excellent uh, breakup film with uh, two wonderful stars. I could not get through that one. I think I got to 35, 30 minutes, uh-huh. and I was done. Mm. Uh, this one is on the flip side. This one is very funny, very charming. I've actually enjoyed it more as I go along in life. Uh, it's from 2001, You'll Have to Rent It, Legally Blonde. Ah, Hmm. This has a really great cast. Reese Witherspoon, Luke Wilson, Selma Blair, Victor Garber, Jennifer Coolidge for The Bend and Snap. If you never knew where that came from, it's from this movie. Holland Taylor is awesome. And a bunch of other names in there, too. This is about Reese Witherspoon is a sorority queen and she's very into fashion. And, you know, they write her as this very surface type girl and her boyfriend dumps her to go to law school so she decides she's going to follow him to law school at 
on her journey there, she realizes that there's so much, she's just figuring out how smart she really is. She's not just this blonde, excuse the language, but blonde bimbo, you know? Mm. And don't judge the movie by the poster. They have really over retouched her and it's not even in like a fun way. It's just like, oh, we're being stupid. Well, so, it, it does have that fun, whimsical kind of That's look not what I'm talking about. In, in, the, in terms of what the poster looks like, but... I was referring to how they edited her body. Mm. It's not that crazy in the movie. And what's also really lovely about this movie is like we're embracing the pink side, the feminine. Mm. Uh, you know, we can have both. We can have, you know, very academic law type stuff and we can also have the fun fluffball pens <laughs> and pink i will say there i used to be taken fairly seriously or respected at least in university and the one day i wore this pink sweater i was not taken seriously at all so i think pink is a very powerful or disempowering color that is a movie where i don't think i've ever met a single woman who does not like that movie and also, some of the things that you're describing about it, it strikes me that it definitely takes a page from Clueless a few years uh, before. So, uh, very good, love. My 10th favorite is from 2012. It is Silver Linings Playbook, starring Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro and Jennifer Lawrence. And it's about a guy who, if I remember correctly, he has, he's like bipolar or something. He has like these uh, mental issues, mental disorders. And he, we meet him when he's going through like a divorce. He came out of uh, a mental institution where he wasn't able to cope with his divorce and got really obsessive and such. And he's coming out of that. So it's been a little bit of time since the divorce and it's really about him learning to start over in life and try to, to to manage life as it is now and he's living with his parents and all these sorts of things and he meets jennifer lawrence who also had her own uh, issues with a with a marriage she has her own reputation as well and uh, they decide to enter in a dance competition, ultimately. Uh, David O. Russell directed the film, and, and it's probably one of the David O. Russell movies I like the most or enjoy watching the most. I've probably watched this one more than any of his other movies, if I recall. And, and you know, they're both fantastic Bradley Cooper and, and Jennifer Lawrence. So if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. It's my 10th favorite breakup movie, Silver Linings Playbook from 2012. My next one will probably have Jeff jumping in here. It's available from HBO, 2009, 500 Days of Summer. Mm. Starring Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jeffrey Arendt, Chloe Grace Moretz, and a few others. Oh, one of my favorite character actresses, Patricia Belcher. I just love her so much. Oh, Rachel Boston's in here too. And Clark Gregg. And I'm going to stop now because there's just more and more. It's a really great um, cast. This is about two people that have had a relationship. They break up and... 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is trying to figure out, well, where did things go wrong? He's overanalyzing it. He he wants to know, like, why why was I not good enough? Why didn't it work? What could I have done better? Should I have kept my mouth? All these things that we think about, not only in, like, a breakup, but also in, like, our relationships that we currently have. Like, oh, if I kept my mouth shut, would things have gone smoother? Mm. Uh, Things like that. And it's very realistic, too, in the way that, they're dealing with it. Do you want to say anything about this awesome film that you love so very, very much? Well, it is the pick that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I have 12 favorite movies of all time. And it's it's one that I think if you watch it at a certain age, you're going to interpret it in one way. Mm-hmm. If you watch it at an older age, if you have some experiences in your belt, you're going to interpret it in a completely different way. I think in the, the younger age, you're probably going to be more like Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're older, I think you're going to understand what this movie is doing a lot better. And it's absolutely brilliant. I, I, I won't steal the, the segment from you, but it is a br- brilliant film. And I don't think the director or writer has done anything nearly as good. All right, what's your next one? This is where we start to overlap. My number nine is 2003's Under the Tuscan Sun with uh, Diane Lane. You talked about it a moment ago. And I think what's what's great about it that you, you didn't mention is it is a movie about starting over, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a move, one of those movies where the plot exists because of a, a breakup in the beginning. Right. And it's about starting. I mean, this move, this woman is middle aged. I think she's in her 40s, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. at the time. And it, she she literally starts over. And the question is, like, at that, can you start over? Can you find love? She's not even actively looking necessarily. She's just all of her energy and time is put into this. Uh, this little cottage, more or less, this place that she bought in Italy, you know, and it's it's a beautiful like when I say it's a beautiful movie, I mean, like aesthetically, mm. it's a beautiful movie, right? Because it's Italy. It's in the country. That's where the beauty of Italy comes from, from what I understand more than in the cities. And uh, it's it the people are lovely in it, and it's this is a movie where guys I think most guys would not expect they would like this movie, but I think mm. everyone would be pleasantly surprised by Under the Tuscan Sun from 2003. It's a really good movie. Mm. Didn't you watch it with our son recently? Oh, God. I wouldn't say recently. It would be like at least a couple of years ago. Okay. My next one is, again, available on HBO from 1998. You've just mentioned it earlier. It was Sliding Doors. Really? More than Legally Blonde for yeah. you? Um, huh. And, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just switch them around. <laughs> I'm never 100% sure of my order All in right. these lists. All right. Anyway, John Hanna is recognizable. Who is John Hanna? Oh, well, let me tell you what else he's been in. Oh, the character actor. Right. Yeah, so he's been in The Mummy. That's probably what I know him from right. the most. He's in The Hurricane. I he don't is know that. in apparently The Lost of Us. That's oh. interesting. We haven't gotten that far yet with that trying to i think trust me is something i used to watch okay so he's been in a lot of things i did i did forget that he's in that film 
Why is yeah. it one? Why is it a favorite of yours? I I love the concept. Mm-hmm. You know, we're messing a little bit with time here in a way because we're kind of splitting up. What does this choice? What if this happened instead of that? Yeah. And then this, you know, the the character kind of splits off, and we get to see these two different versions of her and how other characters around her are interacting with her or are by themselves in the world and i just thought that that was very interesting i i don't understand why we haven't seen more of this concept being executed it doesn't seem exactly that hard but then again i'm not a writer so you've mentioned a lot about this sure it's not gwyneth paltrow's best work but i i did enjoy it you know, you're, you're right. I mean, there's so many times where even in the past decade, people have talked about like the idea of what if you made this choice instead of this choice? Like, never mind, like, what if something got you delayed you or got in your way yeah. from something happening? But what if you made this this actively made a different choice in your life? And what mm-hmm. would your life do? I'm actually really surprised. I can't think of a single movie that's actually gone back and tried to look at it from that angle you know even though we talk about it and think about it occasionally i mean the closest thing i can think of is like oh groundhog day or anyone that is a parable parables groundhog day but groundhog day is like a repeat of the same day and then like you have the the wealth of time to try to um make different choices yeah it's not like like this is what two different realities but what i'm saying is that's the closest we get to it yeah yeah all right so my turn is that right yeah okay number eight for me is a netflix movie from 2019 is marriage story Mm, very good adam driver scarlett johansson uh it's a movie that i think is a great film capital g it's this far down the list because it's 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 a serious film similar to Blue Valentine. I think Blue Valentine is heavier and a little tougher to get through uh, yeah. because it is that film has some. It, if, here's my memory of Blue Valentine. You know the the fight that's in Marriage Story. Oh God! Right? Yeah, that one. Imagine more of that. <laughs> yeah. That to me is the tone of Blue Valentine, right? Yeah, I would agree. Whereas, like Marriage Story, like that's just a, a really powerful scene in the overall thing, and it's a movie that's full of powerful scenes, and and uh, he it, it's some of the best acting of of their respective careers so far. It's it's great. I I love. Love, love, Scarlett Johansson. It's definitely my favorite Noah Baumbach movie so far. I, mm. I didn't actually think I would love a Noah Baumbach movie. Mm-hmm. And then Marriage Story came around, and, and I do love that. So, uh, yes, if you – and I think, did it – it was nominated, but did it win Best Picture for 2019? No, I, I don't believe it won Best Picture, but it was nominated for a few things. Okay, I can't remember what actually won. But I'm pretty sure Marriage Story should have won. Uh, it was that great of a film. So there it is. My eighth favorite breakup movie is from 2019. In case you don't know, by the way, it is about a divorce. 
Well, it was Green Book that won that year. Oh, that was the Green Book I year. I guess that, yeah, that's why we're oh. so Okay, we're gonna move on. My next one is really great. It's I classify it as a Christmas movie. You'll have to rent it. It's by Nancy Myers. So if you're a Nancy Myers fan, just go ahead and rent or buy it. You know, either way. Uh, and how do you not know about this? It's stars Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Jack Black, and then a ton of other people. Uh, it is called The Holiday. Mm. It is a two-hour film. We're following Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet, who have both just gone through a breakup of uh, kind, and it's different. So I like that they're showing like different, like, oh, we were married and now we're divorced, or oh, we were together and now we're not. It's It's different. And they're kind of learning to find themselves as well as mourn the loss of that relationship. And they kind of like an Airbnb, but they swap houses. Mm. So Cameron Diaz goes to somewhere in England. And then Kate Winslet comes and stays at Cameron Diaz's house, which is in like California Hollywood type situation because she's a movie editor. And uh, Kate Winslet is a, uh, an editor? A right, like at a newspaper or a book publisher, okay. something, and it's just so fun watching these two lives and how they're dealing with it and how they go through the motions. Because there's also like a bit of culture shock, right? Because uh, they're going into completely different countries, and it's how are they finding their community? Because they they don't have an established community there. And so that's just really interesting to see how that grows around them. And Jack Black in this movie is great. Jude Law cries in this movie. It's fantastic to watch. And uh, the score is really fun too. It's by Hans Zimmer. And I just, I love this film. I think it's great. It's, it's something that I watch every year. And there's rumors that there's a sequel. but Oh, I God, know. no. Oh, my God. You don't have to be an asshole. Yeah, so there's there's rumors that there's a sequel, but I don't know how they would make that work. Yeah, I, I had a strong reaction, and it's not so much my opinion of that movie. It's just, I don't think there needs to be a sequel to that movie. You know? The, I want I, them to have, like, a reunion. I thought that would be pretty fun. Mm, yeah. Mm. My seventh favorite breakup movie is available on hbo max it's from 2011 it's one of the last tapestry movies i can think of and when i say a tapestry movie it's like all these a collection of characters that interweave or are somehow related and it's called crazy stupid love it is oh, i love that freaking movie the second film on my list with ryan gosling this you see we have the dramatic gosling with blue valentine and here we have the more comedic gosling yeah. and really it's about steve carell and it, it's it's the the plot is propelled by the divorce of steve carell and julianne moore right steve carell discovers that julianne moore was cheating on him and so they get a divorce, and Steve Carell is miserable. Boy, is he miserable. It's so bad. He's so heartbroken because he really, like, this was his person. They this, met in high school. Right. Yeah. Oh, God, high yes. School high school sweethearts. And that's so. why it's so hard, I think. I mean, this is like a 20-plus-year relationship. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling kind of gives him a smack and whips him into shape a little bit here <laughs> to try to help move on. And 
comedy ensues absolutely but there's there's other players involved and it really works it really works and gosling is hilarious emma stone is in it and of course she's hilarious because she's got excellent comedic chops uh and this was post easy a so you know she's Mm. really working her way up and yeah, I think this was like her third or fourth comedy. So she was excellent. So Crazy Stupid Love. My seventh favorite. You can find it yourself on HBO Max. My next one is available on Prime from 2004, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. When their relationship turns sour, a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other erased from their memories forever. This has a killer cast. Yes. It's Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet... Uh, Elijah Wood, Mark Ruffalo, Jane Addams, Kristen Dunst, David Cross. I mean, I could keep going, but I won't. I, I just thought this was such a cool concept, and it's really beautifully directed and visually appealing, and all the things are checked. And, and just the story of these two people, like, okay, if you get erased, like, do you come back together? And if you do come back together, what does that look like? And mm. if that person also had the procedure, what's their memories like? And do they keep falling in love do we keep falling in love with the same people or do, do we act as if uh, does life go on and we never see them again, mm. you know? And uh, there's a lot of really cool pieces to this movie. I mean, there's one piece that's really heartbreaking and really embarrassing and sad and gut wrenching, but they're there for each other for mm. that. And it's just really lovely. Awesome. My sixth favorite movie is from 2008. It's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. This stars Jason Segel and Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis and Russell Brand. And I believe Jonah Hill co-stars in this film. You know, this is another movie that's propelled by a breakup very early on. Kristen Bell breaks up with uh, Jason Segel. He does not deal with it well, and he is encouraged to go just get away for a little while to forget. And so he decides to go to Hawaii. And it turns out (laughs) at the very place that he's staying, on the very island he's staying, happens to be his ex and her new lover. And this movie is just absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. This This is definitely a hard R comedy. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've seen it. I've been wanting to watch it for a couple of years again because I, I really do enjoy it. And I think it'll be fresh at this point, you know, 15 years after it's been released. There's probably a lot that I've forgotten. But it is, it is really great. And all the leads are fantastic. And Mila Kunis is such a desirable love interest in this film. It's Mila Kunis. She's, she's so cool. And Jay Jonah Hill is so so funny in in how like cringy and embarrassing he is he's just this guy who loves russell brand's character and he wants to have his own music career he wants he keeps dropping off a demo tape or trying (laughs) bugging russell brand to listen to this demo tape you know and anyway solid film forgetting sarah marshall one of the best comedies of the 2000s it's my sixth favorite breakup movie. All right, Shanna. So we're through the halfway point. Mm-hmm. What do we got next from you? The First Wives Club from 1996. I just realized this was actually my first breakup movie. 
Yeah, that um, makes more now sense. Now that I think about it some more. Reunited by the death of a college friend, three divorced women seek revenge on their husbands who left them for younger women. And also left them in horrible situations financially. Uh, we've got Goldie Horn, Bette Midler, Diane Keating creating the, the trio, Maggie Smith, Sarah Jessica Parker, Stocker Channing. Wow. Uh, Victor Garber, again, uh, we mentioned him, I mentioned him earlier. Makes sense. Uh, Rob Reiner. I'm really? always excited when I see Rob Reiner. Huh. <laughs> and um, there's a few other faces in here. Uh, there's even a young Timothy Oliphant. So Whoa. I'm like, wait, what? Wow. So this is just a really funny movie. Who doesn't want revenge? You know, and, and it's in a comedic fashion. Mm. And it's just a lot of fun. These women... As I said, they haven't seen each other since college and they come back together. And so what is that like when women who were together in college and had a bond then come back together after they've had children, after they've been married, now they're divorced? Like, what is that like? What are the relationships like? And do they call each other out on their shit like grown ass women and deal with it? Or do they break up with each other? That movie, you know, recently on Instagram, we did a poll for your favorite 1996 movie, and that movie came out in 1996. Barely lost in one of the rounds to The Long Kiss Goodnight, which was an action movie that came out that same year. But there's a lot of love I saw for The First Wives Club. So not surprised to see it on your list as well. My fifth favorite breakup movie is... Probably the newest on the list, just barely. It's on HBO Max. It's from 2020. Mm. It is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And it's her fucking movie, so she's going to call her whatever the fuck she wants. And the, the breakup is right there in the title, The Fantabulous Emancipation, right? It, it is a movie that is propelled by the breakup of Harley Quinn and Joker. For real. Right, <laughs> and I I just love this movie so much. I really it it, it came out right right before the pandemic, and I I'm convinced that definitely affected its box office. It's really good. It's got a, a great ensemble cast in it. It's really funny. Great action. Great costume design. Production design everything about it and margot robbie just owns that character so so well she's just excellent and i mean the camera absolutely loves margot robbie too but also like journey smollett as black canary i really like mm. and oh and there's a couple other great characters the huntress for the first time is in a movie and mary elizabeth winstead plays and her awesome. and she is funny and <laughs> awesome so too uh, this is an ultra violent movie ian mcgregor brings the black mask to the first time for the first time to the big screen and he's a bit bonkers too uh i just Love Birds of Prey so much. So you can see we're getting further and further on my list. I'm loving these movies more and more as we're going down the list here. Uh, and, and so there we go. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn from 2020. Available on HBO Max. My fifth favorite breakup movie. My next one is Crazy Stupid Love. Watching this oh. maybe for the first time two years ago. 
And I, I couldn't believe that I had never watched it before. It was so yeah. freaking funny. I loved every minute of this film and I thought I would hate it. It's difficult. If you're not really into Steve Carell, it's difficult to want to watch a movie that he's in. But oh. this was really great. I like yeah. when Steve Carell is in pain. <laughs> I like when he's not being stupid and when he's being real. And watching all these actors and actresses, like you said, uh, you've mentioned them already. There's even a few surprise ones that I won't spoil because it's kind of nice to just see them appear. Mm. It's, they're, they are all great. This is like, well, I mean, if something were to happen, I hope it's like this, you know, <laughs> at least it would be entertaining. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily like a healthy divorce, but it is a better one. <laughs> Mm, better than the War of the Roses, yeah, that's for sure. that's for sure. Anyway, super freaking funny. A lot of memes come from this, and so it was nice to actually see mm. how those were used. Excellent. That's, uh, again, Crazy Stupid Love from 2011. My fourth favorite is 1998's The Wedding Scene, available on HBO Max, starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Uh, this is another movie where the plot is propelled by a breakup in the beginning. Adam Sandler is stood up at the altar. He's a wedding singer who got stood up at his own wedding. That's so sad. <laughs> I, I don't know the actress. Maybe I should. But she, that that actress's character is such a bitch. Like the way she she acts afterwards and everything. I mean, there's a, there's a line that... Adam Sandler says that I quote sometimes uh, from it where he says, again, that that's information I could have used yesterday. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Angela Featherstone is the the, the actress in, care, in question. Christine Taylor uh, stars in it, who, of course, went and married uh, Ben Stiller later on. Matthew Glave is such a heel. And Ellen Dow the delightful old lady who says things you don't expect. (laughs) Anyway, I I really loved the wedding scene. You know, I was not a huge fan in the 90s of most Adam Sandler movies. I really thought they they went for the cheap jokes. They were, you know, the the low-hanging fruit, the the very low-brow stuff most of the time. But I, but Wedding Singer definitely won my heart. And I, I do think that Drew Barrymore is great in it. And she's charming in it and, and, and all the things. So Wedding Singer is my fourth favorite breakup movie. It's available on HBO Max if you need to catch up with it. Huh, my next one is from 2014. It is available on HBO. Apparently HBO is the place you go to for breakup movies. It, it mostly is, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. This is uh, 2014's Gone Girl. Mm. I quite love this movie. Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike are a couple uh, that are going through something very interesting. Uh, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris, Tyler Perry, Carrie Coon, Kim Dickens, and a few others mm. are in there as well. And this is just like batshit crazy. It's a very different kind of breakup movie, that's yes. for sure. His wife's disappearance uh, creates this sort of ridiculous white woman missing give it all the attention you can Mm. in every possible way oh she's also famous well she's somewhat famous yeah it's there's a lot of commentary in here 
So I won't get too into it because it's very spoiler heavy. But go check it out. My third favorite is from 2000. I'm not saying a lot of these are in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, 2000, I think it just barely missed somehow my favorite movies of all time, my 100 favorite movies of all time, I, I think. It is High Fidelity, hmm. starring John Cusack and Jack Black and Joan Cusack. They, they're side characters. Todd, Todd Luizzo is in it. And, and there is a Swedish actress who plays the, the lead, the female lead. And I can never remember her name because she wasn't in a lot of American movies after this, unfortunately. It's very unfortunate because I think she's fantastic in this film. Tim Robbins also stars in this film. But it, it is a movie, again, propelled by a breakup. It is about the breakup. I mean, more probably more than most of these movies, this is a movie that is about the breakup because Rob is very bitter about this breakup. And he's out on to prove... This breakup in no way is uh, on on the epic level as five other breakups he's experienced, you know. And he goes through that, and you know, this guy's a record store owner also, so he's an audiophile, and lists are a big part of his life and such. And and uh, so it's it's all about those. It's all about his past breakups. It's all about this breakup. Mm. It's a, it's a movie that I, I definitely see differently now than I did when I was like 19 or 20. Uh, and I think that that's interesting. I love it, though. I, I love it for so many reasons. The audiophile aspect of it is definitely a big part of it. The list-making aspect is obviously a big part of it, too. I, hello, what are we doing right now? And, yeah. But, uh, but and Jack I was about Black, to say, this is totally the film for you. Yeah, it was. Oh, my God, it totally was. And Jack Black is, is really funny. He has an early funny performance in this, too. So, High Fidelity, my third favorite breakup movie of all time of, uh, from 2000. My second, you have already mentioned, it is Marriage Story. Oh, interesting. Your second favorite. Okay. I really love this movie because I think it's just super realistic. It doesn't go crazy. And it's just so relatable. Mm. And it's interesting seeing the divorce process in court. Watching not only how the couple interacts or, you know, the, the divorced couple interacts with each other and the child but also how the lawyers interact with each other with their clients and then in court versus out of court ah. super freaking interesting to watch that and the performances are just amazing and the talents are great i really love this film i think that i would love to hear people of divorced parents what do they think of this film because, you know, you and I, we are not children of divorced parents. Luckily, yeah. And so I, I would love to hear their take on it. Yeah. Uh, because it's not just, you know, a divorce, but it's also, it can be seen as a breakup as well. People that haven't necessarily gotten married, but have had children together and separate. It's, it's very realistic and it's very hurtful and... 
the fight scene is very realistic and there is a funny scene with Adam Driver that kind of evens it out. Yeah. There's a lot to relate to, that's for sure. My second favorite is one that actually made my 100 favorite movies of all time. Hmm. Is available on Netflix, so Netflix and HBO Max for the win. It's from 2010. I think the second movie on my list from 2010. It is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, of course. Now, similar to High Fidelity, this movie is all about the exes, right? Because Scott Pilgrim gets infatuated with Ramona Flowers, again starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And the thing is, in order to be able to have a relationship with her, he needs to deal with her baggage, which is her past relationships, Mm -hmm. right? And she has seven evil exes Mm -hmm. that he, he has to take care of or deal with. One way or another. And now those evil exes include Brandon Routh and Chris Evans and Brie. I think it's Brie Larson, if I remember correctly. No, not Brie Larson, but um, oh, someone else is escaping my my memory right now. But great, brilliant Edgar Wright film. It has actually probably some of the most thematic resonance of any Edgar Wright movie. It has a lot to chew on. There's a lot that uh, a metaphor here. It, it has this video game aesthetic to it that definitely adds to the the wow and the enjoyment factor. And there's a lot of great humor in it as well. I love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I think it's a movie because of its video game aesthetic. It's going to attract teens, but I really think it's a movie that like is for the late 20s, early 30s crowd mm. because it is about going through a time that you will have gone through already at that point. And so I think you can appreciate it more at those ages. You know, this kind of maturing and understanding uh, of self and relationships. So Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, my second favorite breakup movie available on Netflix. I wish I had thought of that one because you're absolutely right. The realism of this, of this bizarre movie is the situation of like, you do inherit the exes, whether they're right there or not. Hmm. You do inherit that person's experiences in the past. Yeah, yeah, big one. Um, everybody. So what's your favorite oh, breakup movie? It, of I, all time. I wonder if it's one that I've mentioned already. It is. or Really, it is. Okay. Well, yes. No cheating. Oh, it's got to be Birds of Prey. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Because even though I love the realistic breakup movies, I have to have the completely fucked up, unrealistic, no, we cannot do this to people version as well. (laughs) Harley is just uh, amazing in this film. We get to see her really come into her own batshit crazy way. Um, And it's nice how she kind of swoops the scales to one side and then eventually finds her balance of, you know, without the Joker, who is is Harley. Uh Um, And the introduction of all these other characters and the sisterhood that she kind of, the, the gentle sisterhood that she finds with all these other female characters. I just absolutely love it. I think this film is funny. It's F-rated. The way that we get to... Triple F-rated, Yeah, it's triple F-rated. The way that we get to see Harley 
explain to us through narration why a particular character doesn't like her. And it goes through these quick uh, sort of subtitle cards of all the reasons he could possibly hate her. And, And it is hilarious when you see Voted for Bernie. And it's just I think that's one so of your funny. favorite moments in the oh, whole movie. Oh, God. It's just it's so smart because, like, you look at Harley and you wonder, well, I wonder what she is politically. Well, apparently she votes for Bernie. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's super interesting. It's super funny. We also see how Black Canary is dealing with creepy dudes and, I, I like, men not respecting her for what she is and things mm. like that. And so we also get to see that with Montoya. I love Montoya so much. Mm. All the bullshit she has to deal with and her being herself in her own way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just each character I fall in love with. And the breakup of it is great. We don't do breakups like that, but it is fun to pretend and imagine and fantasize that, oh, we could blow up a plant, you know, yeah. if, if we were dealing with a breakup well here here's the thing that is really great about the movie is you you're dealing with a, a comic book movie a super villain movie uh to an extent that is i mean not to an extent it, it fully is that is actually about a breakup and about self-discovery mm-hmm. about like rediscovering yourself mm-hmm. right and and your own in, sense of independence, you know, mm-hmm. and you know we do come across comic book movies that are occasionally about something, but not always. And how cool is it that that we have a a, a movie that's about you know we have other movies on our list that's about self discovery, like Under the Tuscan's Gun, you know, figuring out who 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 you are after or separate from this relationship, you know, that you've mm-hmm. broken up from. And how cool is it that you have a comic book movie that is dealing with that same material mm-hmm. and on that same level? So that's that's awesome. I'm not surprised. I don't blame you. My favorite movie, though. Oh, you want to guess? You want to guess? Yeah. Okay. Is it Eternal Sunshine? Uh, it is. Yay! It is. Uh, because it can't be 500 Days of Summer. Right. And Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is among my 100 favorite movies of all time. It's available on Amazon Prime. I don't know if you mentioned that before. Yep. It's from uh, 2004. You, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned also Tom Wilkinson stars in it. And boy, was he a great actor. I love, love Tom Wilkinson. He's fantastic in this movie. But, you know, I, I think Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is easily among the 10 greatest films to come from its decade. Mm-hmm. Just It's like if there was a Mount Rushmore of movies... Surely Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for that decade would have to be considered the Mount Rushmore of the 2000s, right? Mm. So uh, it, it's just uh, extremely beautiful. It's moving at times. It's funny at times. It's just bizarre. Sometimes it's wildly inventive. The entire concept is definitely like getting at something really deep that surely any of us who've gone through a breakup, a, a really bad breakup, one of, of a relationship that really meant something to us has has thought in some way about right this idea well would my life be better if if i couldn't even remember that person or maybe it was it was a relationship where that was really toxic and and you kind of think well i don't know wouldn't my life be better if i didn't have that those memories you know but 
Uh, this particular relationship isn't necessarily that, although it does get soured. They do grate on each other over time, which is so hard to believe because Kate Winslet is such a wonderful free spirit. And mm. who wouldn't want a life with Kate Winslet? Yes. Gosh darn it. You know, uh, but Jim Carrey is uh, gives one of his best performances. It was a really, oh, wow, kind of a performance from Jim Carrey, this guy who used to talk out of his ass literally to see him like this is great so i i I could go on and i i wrote a whole paragraph or so (laughs) on the website about it so believe it or not yes it is my favorite breakup movie of all time uh short of 500 days of summer so uh, check it out on amazon prime so those are our favorite breakup movies was there any others that you just fell off your list that you wanted to give a shout out to or anything else that you wanted to say no, um, I'm. I feel pretty confident in my list. I just wish I had Scott Pilgrim. Were there any that fell off yours? No. Well, like I said, like uh, S- Sliding Doors was a filler spot for me because you know I, I had ten solid movies that I loved or really liked, and then two I need to fill in. I guess one that I didn't consider was The Banshees of Inisherin. Duh, we actually a... talked about that. <laughs> I think that would have made the list. That would have made your list. Okay. <laughs> it would have made it, even though, you know, there's a scene or two that I can't deal with. But that's a brilliant breakup movie, and it's 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 platonic, which right. we don't get enough of. And mm-hmm. something that I realized was I don't think, well, we haven't been exposed to any animated breakup films. So that's been interesting. Yeah. Unless it... you count, well, you can't really count Shrek. No, I, I was. It's enough. interesting that you went that direction because I was thinking, well, if any, it would be an it would be anime. Yeah, and probably. I can't think of any anime I've seen that would qualify for this off the top of my head. So, yeah, yeah, you know, the Banshees of Inner in Sharon is a, a great call. It is a really great call. Another movie that I like but don't love. So I don't know if I would have made my list, but that is a a really great angle for this list for sure. Uh, would that have made your list? Tell us what what movies are your favorite breakup movies. Email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Those are our favorite breakup movies. And that is our episode of The Movie Lovers. Shannon, before we talk about next couple episodes, because this is the, the end of a three-episode arc, uh, why don't you share with people where they can find you online? You can find me at Shanna Paxton Photography on Instagram and on Flickchart Spellbinding A. So go to thegibsonreview.com. You'll find everything there that I think you need in life. All the, the reading material you could ever need. Now, you have uh, reviews there. You have features there. You, you've got past episodes of the movie lovers on there. I think there's plenty to mine, and I know you haven't mined it all. So by all means, dive in thegibsonreview.com. Uh, I have a article there, my 20 favorite movies from the 1920s. Soon, I will have another review article on there where I go through a franchise and I review and rank said franchise. Keep you posted on that one in the near future. And then, of course, on social media, the Gibson Review is on Facebook, or you can go to Gibson 99 on Instagram. I do bracket polls there. At the time of recording, we're in the middle of figuring out what your favorite 1996 movie is. 
Uh, feel free to check that out, find out what the result of that is. Soon we'll be doing a poll for your favorite breakup movie. So you can participate on that. Uh, in, in that, in relation to this episode... Uh, next time on the Movie Lovers, though, we are starting over with a new three-episode arc with the Weekend Review. We will be talking about... I don't know what we'll be talking about necessarily. I think we have a couple movies maybe that we'll be talking about. Shanna has a few TV shows, I'm sure, to talk about. Uh, to be determined, as usual, for the Weekend Review. But you can uh, find that on Tuesday February 20th, and then the following week will be our review. I'm sure you all have read or heard everybody else's, but it'll be our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, arguably the actual start of movies for the year. There really hasn't been much of interest prior to this, so we're really looking forward to that. You can look forward to that episode on Tuesday, February 27th. And then we have a big one that has been in the works for a couple of years coming up. I'm sure Shanna's preparing uh, whenever she can. <laughs> we did, last year I think it was, we did opening title sequences, which was a big one. Mm-hmm. Now we are finally getting around to doing the other aspect of that, pre-title sequences. So scenes that start before the opening titles our favorites of those through cinema history. It's going to be a very aggravating list, honestly, because if we're watching a movie and we're just checking the opening scene and then we can't watch the rest of the movie, I'm just going to get annoyed. (laughs) I recommend a lot of online research, my friend. A lot of online research. (laughs) You have until Tuesday, March 5th for that episode to drop. So that's what you can look forward to in this podcast over the next couple of weeks. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye.